Hello, hello, lovely listeners. All of you ghouls and goblins. And everything in between. Welcome to Across the Veil with Zelda and Emma. Hi, Zelda. We're back. Hi. Hi, Emma. I'm very excited for your episode this week. I'm excited too. New Orleans, baby. New Orleans? New Orleans? New Orleans. Orleans. There's so many different ways to say it, and most of them are probably wrong. Literally, when I first came here, I got so nervous to say the word, like the city, New Orleans, because I just never knew what was the correct way to say it. I was like, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. Always finding a way to embarrass myself, basically. So, yeah, I'm in New Orleans, as we've said before. Zelda also used to live in New Orleans. I did. Oh, I see. I keep going back and forth between the. You things. do? No, you really do. So it's it's almost impossible. I think my favorite part about living in New Orleans, since I did used to live there, as Emma has pointed out, is there's eighty different ways to pronounce everything. Oh yeah. My favorite. We were in an Uber on our way to dinner once, and we were driving down Burgundy Street. spelled burgundy but burgundy street and the driver the uber driver said yeah yeah new orleans we drive down burgundy and we drink burgundy and that's kind (laughs) of exactly the new orleans vibe that i love it really is it really is but yeah i've lived here for about like three years now and i can honestly say that it's probably one of if not the best city in the country Because it's just like nowhere else. It's nowhere else. Like you cross over a bridge and you're like, ah, yes, this is what the rest of America looks like. (laughs) But when you're in New Orleans, you're like, this is different. This is new. This is unique. It's nothing like anywhere else. I mean, it's spooky capital USA, Mm -hmm. which is why we love it. But the vibes are also incredible. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like everyone just kind of got their own way of looking at and doing lives. People have costume closets. That's how I knew I was with my people. People have specific (laughs) closets for all of their costumes for all the festivals and stuff that go on down there. I remember my first Mardi Gras. Um, It was during carnival season, so it wasn't like officially the Mardi Gras week yet, but there was one parade that I went to and (laughs) it really solidified a little bit of New Orleans culture for me because there was one woman who was walking down in the parade and she was like clearly just like wasted as everybody is. Everyone during carnival season is just gone. And she's in an insane costume. She's just holding this massive jug of vodka. <laughs> and she like, she turns to me and she's like, you want a shot? And I was like, no, no, not really. I'm already pretty drunk. And she was like, take the shot, take the shot. So I was like, okay. And I just held my mouth open and she just pours vodka all over me. And it was in my <laughs> eyes, in my mouth, on my sparkly tube top that is required for mm-hmm. girls to wear. <laughs> and that's just, you know, your friendly neighborhood drunk lady in New Orleans. It really is. I was like, this is it. You've made it. You're here now. Yeah. And also, let's not forget another part of New Orleans that's amazing, which is the open container laws. Open container laws. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for the rest of my life because I'm like, wait, what do you mean this is illegal? What do you mean I can't roll up to a drive-thru daiquiri shack at 11 in the morning with my friends, order two 32-ounce daiquiris with extra shots of Everclear, and then pack up my house? Like, I can't do that anywhere else in the world, but that was a very good New Orleans send-off. It was. It was. It is how we uh, celebrated Zelda sadly leaving this great city. Another one of our celebrations for me moving, which is also very New Orleans, was a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne in a graveyard. And we just kind of 
chilled with the graveyard people. We just chilled with the dead people. We made up stories about them. Mm-hmm. And it was a great time. I highly time. suggest it. Have champagne in a graveyard. Gotta do it. Keep it classy, though. Keep it classy. Oh, yeah. Stay classy, folks. Don't drink in a graveyard like like frat house drink in a graveyard. Drink in a graveyard like you're toasting to the ghost sins. Go- toasting to the ghost sins. Ghost toast. Ghost toast. But as we're going to cover today, there's a lot more than ghosts in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Keeping with our... Cryptid theme, though, as I said last week, I'm going for a little monster guy, not the Rougarou, who's also dope as hell, but my boy, the Grinch, not the Grinch. Once again, people, he is not the Grinch. He's very far from it, although he might be green-ish, maybe, but that's, I'll get into that. I'll get into that. All right, all right. Are you ready to hear about- I'm ready for the Grinch. I'm so ready for the Grinch. Is he going to ruin Arbor Day? (laughs) If he had his way, he would ruin every holiday, I think. But here is the Grunch, which also actually, side note, is probably Grunches. There's more than one? If what I've read is correct, there's gone from one or two to many. There's bunches of Grunches! Oh my god. (laughs) Yes, there is. There are bunches on bunches of Grunches. Honey bunches of Grunch. Honey Um, bunches of Grunch. So... The Grunch, or Grunches, have been terrorizing New Orleans since the Louisiana Purchase back in 1803. And the stories have been passed down mostly through oral traditions, but it's believed that the term Grunch actually came from the name of a road. And there are two main origin stories as to how the Grunch was created, and they're both, they're just nuts. They're bonkers. One is a cult of potentially satanic or inbred outcasts, and the other one are the severed testicles of a demon. So let's start with the testicles. Yeah, obviously, y'all we start with the testicles. Men, hold on to your dicks. We're starting with the testicles. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So it may not surprise you that in classic New Orleans way, the first origin story revolved around voodoo and the incredibly powerful voodoo priestess, Marie Laveau. Ooh, Which, I love her. I love yeah. her. She's great. I've seen her grave many times. But this tale also weaves into another tale about her, which has to do with the devil baby, but whole other thing on its own. So it's said that Marie Laveau castrated the devil baby when he was born to stop him from creating more of his kind. And when his bloody testicles dropped from her hands and hit the floor, they turned into a male and a female grunge. The second that they were fully formed, the Grunches attacked the great voodoo queen, biting and scratching and beating at her ferociously, almost till the point of death, till she was knocked unconscious. When she awoke, the devil baby and the Grunches were gone, escaping into the night. And I would assume that they ended up on Grunch Road, though it is not specified. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, First of all, castrating children is always a lovely lovely way to start off a local legend he's a devil baby man gotta chop it off why don't you just kill the baby in theory if like you can chop its testicles off the baby can be harmed just kill the thing you make a great point i have no rebuttal i'm just saying i know it wasn't you i'm i'm it feels like i'm attacking you for not doing such and i know you're not voodoo priestess marie laveau i'm just saying i am nowhere near her i'm just trying to picture anything but child testicles right now right now you gotta keep the testicles in mind um until i give you the second story deal go (laughs) the second origin story is a little bit less folkloric and sort of 
legendy and honestly I find it like a little bit sad in mm -hmm. a sense or one half of it it splits off into two different versions so it also dates back to when New Orleans was a pretty new city so near the eastern suburbs of New Orleans there was an old remote road of scant shells and sand sheltered by overgrown woods tall grass and great water oaks that led to a dead end of a dark swampy forested wilderness it's said that the road became home to a group of societal outcasts who were deformed and different somehow, that were forced out of the city because the city folk thought them to be creations of the devil and unfit to live among society. Society sucks! Yup! So the group retreated to a small road to take refuge in the woods away from the cruel society that refused to accept them. So then, here's where the legend splits into two mini-versions. One in Breedy, and one Satanic. Or it could be a combo. You can choose. Choose so, your own fucked up story. <laughs> so the first, and this is the more widely believed version, is that the group inbred and combined their deformities, which caused their descendants to go mad, eventually turning into the creature we know and love, or creatures we know and love. And then the second variation says that to get protection, the group sold their souls to the devil, and in return, the devil sent them the grunge as a protector. In order to keep their protection, they would have to torture and sacrifice animals. And some even say, if you're bitten by a grunch, you'll turn into one on the full moon. Werewolf style. Oh, so it's werewolfy. There's a lot of other folklore sort of going into the grunch and his vibe. But either way, people mostly forgot about the road and those that lived there until farm animals, and particularly goats. There's a lot of goat action in this. Mm -hmm. Grunch love goat, so a lot of animals and later people began disappearing and there was reports of strange creatures roaming the road and that definitely picked up attention and thus grunch road was born named either for the creature either it's a little it's a little chicken and the egg sort of thing it's either the grunch was named after the road or the road was named after the grunch no specification i think of the two mini stories i like the devil one better just because if it was just the incest like why didn't that happen to the royal family of england you know what i'm saying <laughs> true unless unless a new conspiracy a new conspiracy we're doing conspiracies on conspiracies ladies i'm definitely a big fan of the devil one but can't ever get the testicles out of my head mm -mm. so let me give you a little description on what our boy looks like. As with, honestly, most cryptids, there are usually a lot of different variations because nobody really gets a good photo of them. But people liken the Grunch as to sort of a regional version of the Chupacabra mm -hmm. um, because they're described very similarly. So if you don't know what a Chupacabra is, you're about to hear what it basically looks like. And if you do know, uh, you basically already know what the Grunch looks like. So most describe the Grunch as a goat-like creature around four feet tall, but don't let his height fool you. Though he be put little, he is fierce, <laughs> with leathery or scaly black-gray skin. Although all of the art I've seen of him online has him being bright green. So I'm honestly thinking that there is a little bit of a Grinch influence coming out online with people's thoughts on him. Because he's, oh, so every single report says like scaly, leathery, black-gray skin, but then the art is like, he's a beautiful, bright green little boy. I mean, he's still nasty, but like, <laughs> anyways. So a few others say that it's actually the size of a man with a goat's head and razor sharp teeth. People say that its eyes glow either red, orange, or blue, green. And you know it's coming because it has a horrible stench and it can howl like a wolf, scream like a banshee, or bellow and screech like an ape. And this just sounds like my freshman year boyfriend, honestly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Honestly, yes. sounds like sounds like any frat party ever. Any frat party. It's the terrible stench. The lights are changing. Large creatures. <laughs> Howling. Howling. But so my boy also comes with a few special abilities too. So Ooh. he's he little, little, got a little magic in him. Maybe. <gasps> he's said to be intelligent with some human-like capabilities, like opening doors and using tools. But some even say it can phase through walls. But that kind of makes the opening doors a little <laughs> bit of a moot point. It does. I and mean, also, where are the walls in the forest? I guess he's going through trees. If it, Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, if it can phase through walls. It's using tools. I'm just like, how does this thing get its kicks? He needs a hobby. He's Murder's just a pretty whittling. good hobby. He's just whittling. But let me tell you about how he does hunt. So his favorite way to hunt is to wait in the tall grass or reeds for a victim and then pounce on them, make a single hole in their body. I'm assuming either cutting it with like a claw or biting in. Or using his nice little tools. <laughs> or using a tool. <laughs> and then just sucking up all of the victim's blood and potentially organs through that one little hole. So like basically picture like a mid-sized gross lizard goat hybrid that likes to slurp. Maybe the tool is a straw. We don't know. Mm, it's not specified, but that would be a pretty good tool. It would be. So there's obviously been reports of him since, or them, since the 1800s. But again, all of them are word of mouth. But from everything I've read, people have concurred that there is a real grunge road. Like it actually was a thing. The location is somewhat debated, but most believe that it's in a remote part of eastern New Orleans near the community of Littlewood, and that it's a paved road that's unmarked, but it's also off the major two-lane highway of Hain Boulevard. But that has to do with a lot of the new sightings, so there are modern sightings as well. And there's not a huge amount of reports, again, it's mostly hearsay, uh, just like how the old stories have been passed down through word of mouth. The people who've seen him now are usually in passing cars along the highway or the rural areas, and they see him running along the side of the road or attacking their vehicle. And he has a fun new way of getting snacks, too. He has a fun new way of getting people. Mm -hmm. So basically, he will injure an animal, and it's normally a goat because my boy loves goats. I think he sees himself in them. Mm -hmm. But he'll injure an animal and leave it on the side of the road for a passing car to see. Then he'll hide in the reeds until someone stops to check on it, and then he attack. That's a very, very scary and interesting way of hunting. He's smart. Like, that's smart. really intelligent. He's doing good, except, except for the majority of reports of people who've seen them have reported him rummaging through the trash or attacking pets. Like, that's, that's the main sighting. Like, there's oh, been significantly- Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I know. There are significantly more reports of, like, garbage men saying that they saw a weird scaly animal getting up in that trash rather than people, like- actually getting attacked by it. A lot of pets getting eaten. Sightings of the Grunch dropped off in the 1980s, but were revived in 2005 after Hurricane Katrina, which people believe that these later sightings occurred because the Grunches, I'm gonna assume it's a bunch of Grunch, were flushed out of their habitats during the hurricane. And so they had to take up residence elsewhere. So they have just spread out all across New Orleans and the nearby parishes. So they've been seen in the darkest parts of New Orleans City Park, in the golf course actually. And there's a, one main report, the biggest sighting and most famous sighting was in Harvey, Louisiana, where a woman said that she saw one eating her neighbor's dog, leaving a bloody drained carcass behind. And then other people have reported them sucking the blood out of cats, 
So again, it really seems like they've kind of lost their taste for humans and really gone for poor little pets and animals. Yeah, but that seems kind of in line with the devil story that they were using like animal blood to keep the Grinch alive in the first place. So maybe True. just kind of reverting back to what it knows because it's been displaced. True. So he's gotten a real taste for pets and people from the grunchiest areas of New Orleans, because he's still in the Grinch Road area, uh, to Harvey, to Lakeview. Many of them will lock up their pets at night for fear of the Grunch and his Grunch Munch. <laughs> the Grunch Bunch and their Grunch Munch. So that's basically the Grunch. But here's the tea. So there's basically zero concrete evidence for Grunches. It's all <laughs> anecdotal and there's I found one photo, but it's the blurriest photo I've ever seen in my life. And it's basically just a photo of reeds on the side of a road. And then there's like a weird little blob grayish animal on the side. And like the origin stories are so bonker Tony that it just seems a little unlikely. So if I personally were to decide what I think it is, I would say people are seeing weird mangy rabid raccoons. Oh, I was going to say that too. Yeah. Yeah, right, like going through the garbage and then a raccoon, if it gets mange, it looks black and scaly. Exactly, exactly. And then also like getting there, if they're rabid, then they're going to attack things. Mm-hmm. So that's my personal opinion. So I think people are seeing, to be fair, raccoons can be scary. They can, they're adorable, but they can also, if they're rabid, they're scary. I wouldn't want to go near them either. And if they're like snarling and I'd be freaked out too. And if yeah. you already have like a superstitious nature, then... You're going to kind of go towards that. But that being said, it is interesting that they're described as like, that they're described so similarly to chupacabras, but that their sightings actually date back way earlier than like the chupacabra. And, you know, like Louisiana has some nasty, dangerous animals out there in the murky swamp. So like, I'm I'm a believer in the raccoon theory, but who knows what's out there? Literally, who knows what is out there? I could easily, I mean, not that easily, but I could see some sort of grunch-like creature hiding out there in the swamp. Maybe an alligator and a goat somehow. We're like, hey, let's get it on. Thus, our beautiful boy was created. That's the best Hallmark movie ever. I think we should sell that plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's real romantic there, Ems. Story of the Grunch, how an alligator and a goat fell in love. What I think's really fascinating about them is that they seem to take, you know, little bits and pieces from other things. So like the yeah. turning during a full moon, very werewolf, the sucking out all the blood and organs is very vampire. Mm-hmm. And obviously the description is very, you know, chupacabra, kind of goat, weird thing. Mm-hmm. So just kind of interesting how it's a amalgamation of all of those yeah it's definitely an amalgamation of like a lot of things that people are really scared of mm-hmm. i mean honestly i'm more scared of the cockroaches that are here mm. yeah no they they're so big they're everywhere unafraid they have no fear and they will come for you at night but yeah i they're they're an inch grunches grunch grunch eye they're they're funny little guys i'm interested in the why it's green in pictures and not descriptions. I really think it's the Grinch. <laughs> you just think people are like, yeah, yeah, sure. I think that they read the descriptions and like in all the photos, not photos, but art, they always have like the spiky quills and they, they're like snarly and stuff. They're just, 
they look like they have the Grinch fur. It looks like, I mean, maybe he killed the Grinch and he decided to wear it as a pelt. He's intelligent. He has tools. Or they're long distant cousins. We don't know how the Grinch got born. We don't. <laughs> What's the Grinch's origin story? <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really something, something. I don't know the words. That song is so mean to the Grinch. It just, like, it if is. you ever look up the lyrics to that song, it just yes, reams like him. The, it reams him. I wouldn't touch him with ten foot pole. Although, Corona times. Don't go anywhere it's near fair. anyone without a ten foot pole. Yeah, that's what I have about the Grinch. I loved that. I loved the Grinch. It was nice hearing about Louisiana things. I miss it there. Yeah, the city still just keeps on kicking. It's a good place. And I'm proud to say it's home of... The Grunch. And another horrifying, disgusting creature. Yourself. Me. Yes. I and the Grunch, the most horrid creatures in all <laughs> the city. I'm sure there's something worse out there. We just don't know. It's the cockroaches. Or the mosquitoes. Honestly, the mosquitoes are horrific, too. I would like to also apologize to everyone who's listened to this podcast. I would like to apologize for making you picture separate testicles on the floor turning into creatures i just can't think of penises anymore without thinking of the grunge so zelda what do you got for me for next week well i figured since it's been so fun talking about the places we are now i think our next few episodes should be concerning the places we came from so i'm from singapore and i've been doing a little research and seeing what creepy crawlies are in my neck of the woods yeah it's a, it's a time. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a whole, whole kitten caboodle. It's a whole time. <laughs> Is that the cryptid? The kitten caboodle? No, but we should make it one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we got for today. That's all we got for today. See everyone next time across the veil.